breaking news. I just found a pop tart from Pax <laughs> on my desk, and I'm really fucking excited. Oh, gross. Awesome. <laughs> All right, Scott. All right, welcome to Rated NA, episode number 103, the podcast for the website, nerdappropriate.com, where we talk about whatever we feel like talking about every day. And cool. today, we don't have a lot to talk about because there wasn't a lot of news. But how you guys doing? Wow. Doing great. Way, to, way to make this sound exciting, Matt. No. <laughs> <laughs> we got reviews, we got plenty of other stuff. There's just yeah. not a lot of well, It was a very happy, slow news week. Happy uh, May the 4th and free comic book day to you guys. Yes, yes. Yay, right may the 4th be right? with you. Yes. Rare those days fall on the same one. So It is, it is. Are you guys doing anything special for May the 4th? Uh, nope. <laughs> I am. You are? What are you doing? Yeah, so I'm signing some loan documents. <laughs> wow. Hooray. And then I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go out into the woods with some friends and sit around a campfire and make s'mores tonight. Like an so walk. That'll be yeah, fun. we're yeah. totally doing like it's it's really like not that, intended yeah. to do that way, but we're definitely gonna do some some yep yep in the in Ewok style. Isn't that the song? Yep you yep. To, yeah, you have to sing yep, that yep. little song while you're in yeah, the forest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I kind of miss that old song. Wait, everybody misses that old song for real. Yeah, it was the best song ever. It was good. But yeah, right. I'm gonna party. I'm gonna party Ewok style tonight. <laughs> Let's do the rundown. <laughs> so uh, today on the podcast, what are we okay. gonna talk about? We're gonna find things to talk about. We're gonna talk yeah. about um, some video game uh, like research <laughs> news. Um, Ash is gonna talk to us about ABC Shield. Um, there is going to be apparently a. Uh, spiritual successor to the game Eternal Darkness for the GameCube, which is incredible. And then we're going to talk a little bit about some Kickstarter projects um, that we have been uh, monitoring closely. And then in our reviews, um, Ash picked up the Dragon Age World of Thetis book. Matt is playing a game called Star Command that we are all going to get addicted to, apparently. And uh, Ash also played Far Cry 3 Blood Dragon. And Hillary read a book, correct, called The Elite. Mm-hmm. Yes, that is a book. And then in our uh, Naquato this week, um, and I, I really like this one. I think this was Hillary's question. Um, do you typically place as a rogue, mage, or warrior, and why? Is this is it supposed to be play or play? Yeah, it is supposed to be play. Okay. So do you typically? But play? as we know, you read whatever's written down. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, know, I'm not the only one. <laughs> yeah. I was I was willing to give you the benefit of the doubt because I saw the word place and I was like, hmm, maybe there's some like placement test for nerds. And it's like, based on your responses, we think that you could find employment as a mage. <laughs> <laughs> or a boner fart. You never know. <laughs> uh, so, Ash, what have you been up to? Well, ooh, that came out of the blue. Um, well, let's <laughs> see. we never do this at the beginning. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. I'm never first. It's so weird. Uh, so I, I've been playing uh, more Dragon's Dogma this week, and um, I cannot beat that fucking expansion to save my life um, i'm like level 80 and i got to this room and i'm like crushing shit and i walk into this room and it's just like instant annihilation have you tried um, command wait, wait. shush <laughs> is it the, is it the one that has the chain up two gore cyclops yes i beat that you harlot how did you Dude, do that there's there's a trick to that okay tell me the trick right now yeah tell me I want okay to know. so this is what you do okay so you you go – there's a doorway before you enter the room and go down the stairs with the spiders that throw the venom at you. Yeah. There's like a little room that you can go into and it's the balcony. Mm-hmm. So what you do is you stand on the railing in there and try really hard not to get hit by the, the windstorm because that will just knock you out. So from there you start sniping the, the ponds. And the, the wolves don't show up until you drop down. So you can even send your pawns in there. And you're still up on the balcony safe, just killing the, the evil pawns that are down there. So as soon as you, you get to a point where you're like, okay, I've destroyed the people, you jump down there and you go down into this alley that's like off to the side. Mm-hmm. And, and the wolves will chase you in there. And then you, then you and your pawns in a controlled space snipe the, 
um, wolves. You kill them really fast. Then you go up into another balcony and then you snipe the gork, the two cyclopses. Cyclops How long eye. did that take you? Because all those. Oh, it took like an hour. A billion hit points. <laughs> wow. Okay. No, it, it, it took like an hour, and it, I literally spent probably like two hours dying until I'm like, okay, this has got to be. A, I've got to have a better tactical understanding yeah, yeah. of what's happening here, because yeah. yeah, I walked into that room and it was like death. <laughs> oh, yeah, death. Yeah. I so, ended up leaving the dungeon and I'm just like running around the regular world now, just like doing stuff because I was just like getting frustrated and well just so you know that's where i got the cool daggers mm-hmm. so yeah you pick up a cursed you know like level three weapon or something yeah and for me it was daggers Ooh. so yeah i know it takes forever but you have to be really smart because as soon as you walk into that room they're gonna hit you with a maelstrom crazy or the wolves are gonna attack you trying to say Oh, no, 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 no. I ran at the guy screaming and for some reason I got killed. I don't know what happened. No. The thing is you could beat that stupid dragon and I still haven't done it. So, oh, yeah, well. so I, I cleared that room, but you still have the dragon. So I, didn't, I didn't think to, um, to stand on the balcony and be sneaky, sneaky. So I should try that. Yeah, and as soon as you snipe, like leave the, leave the cyclops eye or cyclopses, whatever, chained up and then when you're when you go into the passage where you've killed the wolves, there's a, you jump up on the wall. You see like ivy hanging down. Mm-hmm. You jump up and climb into that like hole, and it'll take you to a new balcony where it's super easy to snipe the cyclops. What what doesn't happen though is your pawns do not react, so it's just you taking down the cyclops by yourself. But it's you're yeah. safe. It's gonna it take like takes, two years. Oh, it takes forever. Oh my gosh. Well, cool. I'll definitely give that a shot. Um, other than playing Dragon's Dogma uh, and losing against two giant cy- cyclopean beasts, um, I haven't really been doing a whole lot. Obviously, work has been oh so fun this week. Um, let's let's ask Hillary. Other than helping me play Dragon's Dogma, what do you think, Hillary? <laughs> well, I also have been playing a ton of Dragon's Dogma, as you can tell. Mm-hmm. Um, I read a book, which I'll talk about later. And um, yeah, I've been really working hard with work and buying a house. Hooray! Awesome. Hooray. Yeah, so that's that's about it. Um, trying to get my taxes all put together, fun, really awesome stuff. That's about it. I'm pretty boring. So, uh, speaking of boring, I'm kidding, Matt. Uh, <laughs> uh, oh, always with ooh, the transitions, wedgie. the verbal wedgie. <laughs> Just kidding. What have you been up to, Matt? Apparently nothing. <laughs> so. Scott, what do you know? Um, <laughs> not really much. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was right. Uh, no, I mean I've been playing, right. been playing more Tomb Raider. Uh, still really liking. I got stuck on this like part uh, where you're. What part was it? You're raiding. You're kind of like you have to like cut through an enemy like encampment kind of to get back to your friends and like I kept trying to I keep trying to sneak in the game because the stealth is very well done without really being stealth. Do you know what I mean? Like you yeah. can kind of sneak around in that game and, yeah. and it, and it kind of works, but this one part you just apparently are supposed to just kind of like slaughter everyone in the camp because yeah. there was no, I couldn't get through it. Otherwise like, like the, the game forces you into gunfights sometimes. Yeah. Like, because I was like, I actually got all the way around them. Like I got around all the people that were like kind of, you know, walking around in the middle and I got through everything. Like I picked up a bunch of the secrets. I get all the way to the end and I like go to walk up the stairs and there's just this dude standing there. And I was like, uh, and then like I tried to back up so that he wouldn't see me. And then he like opens fire on me. And I was like, well, that's weird. Yeah. So then I, I went back around again thinking like, well, maybe I can like sneak kill the dude and then like get in the little opening I need to get into. And I go back again. And I try to sneak kill him. And there's like three other guys standing there with him. So they all open fire on me. And I'm like, well, if there's four guys standing on this, like the only way out of this encampment, then how am I supposed to get through this without getting into a firefight? Yeah, and I was like, you I just have to go guns a blazing. Yeah, mm-hmm. so I like literally laid waste to the entire. The next time I went, ran through, I was just was like shotgun and and fire bow all the way through and just destroyed everyone. Yes, and then like walked through it like it was nothing. And then I'm like, it just it was like you said though, guy. It feels weird when they force you into firefights, like. Mm-hmm. Not the ones that are kind of scripted, like the because there's ones where you know it's like an action scene and you're right, doing right. something and they're like running at mm-hmm. you and you're like ah oh, you know and it's like firefights, but the ones that are not scripted like that where it's an encampment that you clearly could sneak around otherwise they just kind of funnel you into a firefight whether you like it or not. Yeah, let so. me go Sam Fisher style in there. Don't make me fight. 
Yeah, yeah. Just that, that was the only that's the only weirdness I've really encountered. Otherwise, I, I'm still really loving it. The story's still awesome. The 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 moments like the action scene moments are written so mm-hmm. well and and just kind of like super epic. Uh So, uh, I'm I'm surprised that you're trying to avoid open combat because I feel like Tomb Raider did such a great job in the combat. Um like the just the feel of the guns and the aiming and the you know, cover system and everything. I, I'm, I'm surprised. I like, I was looking for fights <laughs> Really? <laughs> when I was I mean, playing it. Yeah. I don't, I don't dislike or avoid them when I have them. Like, I'm not like, Oh, another stupid gunfight. Like it's, it's, I enjoy it. It's just that I also really like stealth game. I like sneaking mm-hmm. around and like finding ways through things that are maybe unconventional. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, it, it does feel like the game lets you do that sometimes, but then sometimes it does. It's like really random how you're allowed to kind of move through the game uh whether it's, it's like where as soon as one person spots you everyone has like situation awareness of where you are like, yeah which is really weird like yeah. i actually was up one of the times i was up in a tree fort like up on a like one of the platforms so i'm like 40 feet above everybody right yeah. and they spot a guy that i sniped while i was up there and then all immediately start firing on me <laughs> right yeah and i'm like <laughs> It's like first of all, and none of them could hit me either. That was the funny thing. Like the, the they couldn't even reach me with the fire, like the fire bombs they throw. They couldn't get to me at all. But yet they all know exactly where I am, and they're firing on me immediately. So it's like weird things like that that are very very video gamey. But you know what are you what are you gonna do? I guess it's yeah. a, it is a video game from what I remember. Uh, what else have I been doing? A lot of we're gonna talk about Space Command, which I'm I'm in love with right now, and. Uh, just I'm still moving into my house and, and working and stuff. So it's been been a busy couple of weeks for me that aren't nerdy so much, but but keeping up with the hmm. with the Tomb Raider. How about you, Scott? Um, well, I uh, actually got out this morning. I got up early and I went to free comic book day at our local comic book store. Yeah. What'd you pick up? Um, I picked up. Let's see. Oh, my camera's not on. Nope, it's not. Oh. So I didn't know what you were doing there. Sorry, I had to. Uh, <laughs> So I picked up, I could pick up three books. So I picked up yeah. this Star Wars. Did you go to Coliseum? I did. Awesome. Picked up a uh, Star Wars book. I picked up Grimm, which I'm fucking stoked for. Oh, cool. And uh, and then there was like a Mass Effect something or other. So I picked that uh, up too. Cool. Nice. This one's a, what do they call this when it's like you flip it over? A flipping? Uh, where, yeah, they, they do that with the free comics yeah. books where they, they do like two in one comic. So they're like short. They're usually short stories and like non-canon stuff, but right. it's usually good. But it was cool. Like the vibe in there was great, and I got in there like <clears throat> right when the mall opened at ten, and uh, uh, it was like packed. And there was like a stormtrooper really? there and Spider Man and like people in steampunk outfits, and they were playing Star Wars, and it was just like everyone was in a great mood. It was really cool. That's yeah, Coliseum. Great. Like we have a we have a local store here called Coliseum of Comics, and they're really good. They they were the guys I used to subscribe to, but they always do free comic book day, right? Like they. They really kind of hype it up and get people to come out, and you know they'll do they'll do some fun stuff at the store. So yeah, it was it was really cool. Um, let's see, I've been uh, I started watching. I marathon watched Revolution. You guys, is anyone watching Revolution? Did no. you do you really like it? I don't like it. Yeah, I like it. Mm. You don't like? Let me guess. You don't like Elizabeth Mitchell, right? No, it's just I don't know. I just it doesn't. I tried to watch it, and I just can't get into it. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. <laughs> so uh, I'm into it. You know, obviously I'm a Abrams fan, so I try to follow those things unless they're on CBS. And um, it's uh, so I marathon watched like five or six episodes and that was fun. And uh, I guess I've been working a lot. I picked up um, I picked up Bioshock Infinite. So I'm going to play whatever six or seven hours of that game there is to play. And... <laughs> it's 13. OK, well, <laughs> what are you going to do? <laughs> <laughs> if you play it on hard, it'll be like 18. Okay. so yeah. There's lots of achievements. Yeah, you'll be fine. I'm done with that. I'm just going to play the game. Uh-oh. You're done with that? Yep. Wait, what? I'm just going to I'm just gonna play the game like however I want to play it. And when I'm done, I'm done. Turning over Wait. a new leaf, you guys. What? Wait, why? I no. won't believe this until it actually happens on a <laughs> <Yeah>. single game. <laughs> well, uh, um, I, 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 I don't know what's happening. I'm so scared. I feel like I'm... I'm <laughs> I I don't like I feel like the intentions of achievements are are misguided and not noble anymore. So I'm not going to I'm not going to follow them. I'm going to try. Wait, uh, when did this happen? Uh, it happened sort of after PAX and after I 
played a couple of um, uh, Windows Surface games that I found to be a little unsavory for my tastes. So, um, were you p- playing pirate surface games again? <laughs> no, no. Where you had to pillage. And to be honest, I've, I've really been busy with work. So I've really been like laser focused on work and like really enthusiastic about it for once. So yeah, um, yeah. yeah, I've been doing a lot of stuff with Gary's mod, oddly enough. And that's, that's kind of interesting because I've never really used it before. Um, but it's fun. It's, it's good times. So I think, did that, does that cover hmm. everybody? Yeah. 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 Right. Cool. Go ahead so and we do it. So you know what else is interesting? <laughs> What's that? We weren't talking about anything interesting. <laughs> you said interest. He said the word interesting. Can, how about like let, keywords? Wait, let's try science because I was just talking about school work. stuff. Yeah, and work. Hey, do you guys want to hear some cool science? <laughs> yes. <laughs> news. <laughs> All right. News. All right. So Time, which is like the huge publication, they have a blog. Magazine. It's kind of an old people magazine. <laughs> so on their health blog, and I think that this is really important because we all hear about how video games are like destroying our culture and yeah. or making us more violent. Mm-hmm. So there was an interesting study published um, with 651 respondents over the age of 50. I know 50 is not that old, but just go with me here. So um, they had to play a game for like 10 hours. And what they found was that um, playing video games helped them keep their mental focus and gave them actually years of of steady mental acuity for a while. And they, I think they came up with a thing that said if they played for 10 hours, they gained three years of cognitive reserve. Whoa. Uh. Yeah, that's kind of amazing. And then they yeah. showed that after that, if they played four more hours, they were able to keep their mental acuity for like four years. So games are helping you think, guys. That's yeah, not they- cool. We dealt with uh, we dealt with or we've dealt with a few times we've dealt with um, uh, oh my god I just blanked on Alzheimer's jeez what the hell Whoa. Uh, yeah no that was weird <laughs> Whoa, that's so uh, <laughs> um, we've dealt with that in my family a bunch and my mom started doing a bunch of studying on it because it, see they don't know a lot about it feasibly could be very genetic and you know blah 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 but mm-hmm. one of the things she did learn in her studying is that this kind of thing they've talked about video games and puzzle like puzzle games like uh even things like crosswords and stuff mm-hmm. the more the more you do those the longer it'll kind of stave off dementia in old age not necessarily alzheimer's but but definitely the ability to kind of keep thinking like correctly reason. yeah yeah and to reason and, and keep memory around and things like that so that's those, really interesting i'm glad they did this with video games too yeah those those cognitive well i'm just happy are... that there's positive news yeah, I mean, it's the Sorry. cognitive abilities are sort of like a use it or lose it kind of thing, just like your body is, too. So um, I actually <laughs> I do this now because it's important to do, which is I went and actually looked up the, the article itself, the real article, um, because oftentimes um, oftentimes the blog will misrepresent the research article. You know what I'm talking about? But mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. like, OK, so like this this particular blog post is pretty accurate to what um what the actual article is about but the you know just to show you the the difference like the title of the article on time was not just child's play video games could slow mental decline here's the title of the research article Are you ready a randomized <laughs> controlled trial of cognitive training using a visual speed of processing intervention in middle-aged and older adults <laughs> so wow yeah wow that's it's flashy right um, so they did like, they played like a, Just like a, draws in readers. I know. I mean, I mean, but that's, that's the scientific community <laughs> for you, but they, you know, they played a, they played a puzzle game and they, they did find that some of those, um, visual, uh, cognitive functions were, um, either maintained or enhanced, um, through playing this game when they, when they did like the, the post test. So you can actually get this article. It's on like, it's on plus one.org. I think if you just look up. The person's uh, name, which is Frederick Walensky, and then you just look up that title that I read to you, and you can actually find the real, the actual article. <laughs> and while it's not important, all I remember for... is, <laughs> yeah. Did you say cognitive? That's the only word I think I remember. Yeah, just in case you missed <laughs> yeah. it the first time, a randomized controlled trial of cognitive training using a visual speed of processing intervention in middle-aged and older adults. Everybody, write that down. Good times. But anyways, nice. like when so... you're. When you're reading blog posts about research, 
Make sure you go find the original article to make sure that's being represented correctly. This one I think is, but that's your that's your science tip today, you guys. The Don't more all know. race there at once. You might wow. crash their site. So you know, pace yourselves <laughs> so, when you race to that website. So the learning, the thing that I got out of this is that we're all never going to get dementia with all the games that we play. Fantastic. Hooray! We'll be fine. We're hey. saving our brains. I mean, we'll be we'll be like severely overweight and have diabetes and stuff, but we won't. <laughs> we will not. <laughs> Forget that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good times. Oh, wow. um, so I, I deleted my shield story because it was so brief. And I decided uh, I, I kind of forgot to tell one of the proudest moments of my entire existence, which happened a couple <laughs> weeks ago during Matt's D&D game. So I figure I'll just tell that story instead because it's news. hilarious. Uh, this is news. This is newsworthy. <laughs> yeah. So really, Matt, I, I can I just say really quickly that yeah. then. Our show notes have, you know, pretty much like aerial font, uh-huh. and now um, Ash has made his in like a really pretty, like <laughs> handwritten thing. So this this D&D. had better this had better be good because I I see crazy font. This is a very organic good podcast. This week. It's pretty good. It's pretty, it's pretty good. good. I want to see if, how he's going to set it up. Though. Well, okay, so yeah. I might need your help telling this, okay. but um, so we were playing in Matt's D and D campaign. Matt was, of course, the DM, and it was myself and my wife and Matt's wife. And um, uh, the short version of the story is we we went into this this dark cave where we we're trying to rescue a bunch of children that were being sacrificed by orcs, and so a bunch of the children were kind of stashed away in these jail cells, and um, we freed uh, we're about to free a bunch of them, and we realized there's a whole other room where there's this orc chieftain and he's about to sacrifice a child, and there's like monsters in the room and everything, and we burst in and. Uh, the orc chieftain and the minions in the room basically annihilated us. Um, my character got oh, got killed essentially, right, Matt? Yeah. yeah well, got- you don't die. So, like in D anD D, you don't die unless you get like completely obliterated. You you go what's called unconscious, and that's yeah. where you were supposed to be, but you're not. So, yeah. so my character kind of went unconscious for a minute, um, and then my wife's character ended up getting knocked unconscious, which is basically in D anD D, you have to do some really fancy stuff to come back from being unconscious in a battle yeah. or else you're, you're fucking screwed. And then Matt's wife's character got knocked unconscious as well. And the orc chieftain was like, I guess kind of slowly coming at me. And I had like, I don't know, like five hit points or something crazy like that. And I was about to, to die. And, um, <laughs> I, I didn't have any of my cards or any of my abilities left. I'd used all my encounter abilities. I had used all my dailies. I was just, basically screwed and i <laughs> i cast night vision for no reason just well, hold on hold on so oh, yeah. okay. hold on yeah thank you you're leaving you're leaving a bunch out so they okay. they all i thought this was the first this was the first thing we did in the campaign <laughs> like we had done zero other encounters at this point and uh so they had gone through two other rooms with with orcs in them and then got into this third room where the chieftain is and basically ash ran in and like crit which indeed a crit means you rolled a 20 out of your 20 sided die and then you get full damage for that weapon you don't roll for damage you just get whatever the maximum amount of damage it can do sometimes there's bonuses and stuff so he like half killed a guy just running in the room but then he was on the opposite side of the room and then there was like other guys on the other side of him in front of his wife and my wife and then they kind of just duked it out for a while and this chieftain just started slaughtering all of them and when he says they he knocked them unconscious like each one of them was going down. Ash was supposed to go down. And uh, Ash, because of his character, managed to stay, stay back up and only had eight hit points. Oh, yeah, that's what and it was. <laughs> at this point, he had eight. And the other girl, the girls were down. And the chieftain had 14. And it was basically like, if Ash didn't kill him on this turn, the chieftain was going to kill him. And then it was like, I just team wiped on the first encounter. <laughs> <laughs> Killed everybody had. in the very first encounter. Killed everybody in the first encounter. So... So, uh, so that's what's happening. Ash, I, I literally said to him, "You better hit. You better hit him because if you don't hit him, you're dead." <laughs> and Ash was like, "Ash was like, all right." And then he, so he gets in this. He gets like down, and he starts going like, "I'm just gonna cast everything I have," and that's where he's at. So. Yeah. So I cast night vision, which does nothing. It lets me see in the dark. So my character can now see in the dark, and I don't have any spells or anything really <laughs> at this point. So I, um, uh, I, I started chanting in some strange tongue that i created <laughs> and I, I i shook my 20 sided die 
and I rolled that motherfucker and it crit. And it was one of the proudest moments of my nerdy <laughs> existence. So I killed the orc chieftain. I saved the day. And then I like went and did the worm in the other side of the house. You, I like, no, laid on the floor. No, no, no. no. You <laughs> rolled your crit. You like you rolled and like and I didn't even see what it was. No one knew what the number was. Ash just leaps out of his seat with his hands in the air and starts yelling. He just goes, Ah Did you flip the and table then over? Running in circles around the table that we're playing at. And then I'm like, What? And he goes, I crit, I crit and then so we all start laughing. Like immediately everybody starts laughing. And Ash is like doing the worm on the ground and like dancing over in the corner, like freaked yeah. out beyond belief. I kinda had forgotten what joy felt like until that moment. <laughs> I realized <laughs> I just need to carry a 20-sided die with me at all times and randomly roll 20s because it feels pretty fucking good. <laughs> yeah. So sure enough, sure enough, he kills them, kills the the orc chieftain in one hit. Yeah. yeah. And it and, kind of uh, it kind of put me in my place and I realized I shouldn't run into rooms haphazardly. <laughs> Saves the day. Yeah. But that was fun. So D&D is a lot of fun. I figured yeah. that's better than hearing that shield is the, the other the other fun thing I'm having with the game is that um, my wife has this habit of talking to anybody. In real life, she has this habit, too, of just talking to everybody that she ever meets or knows. Um, and uh, she's super charming and everybody loves her. But that's what she does. She'll like, we'll be like shopping for mattresses and she'll tell the guy that we're buying a mattress from our entire life story. And they're like best friends by the time <laughs> we leave the store. She's like, yes, I'm nice. Blah, blah. And I'm like, okay. Uh, but <laughs> she does it in D&D, too. She'll talk to literally every character that, like, any side, no-name person that, that I say exists in the world, she will immediately start talking to them and ask me what their name is. So now, and which, by the way, if you've never written a story, probably even, or, or especially a D&D setting, naming characters is the biggest pain in the ass <laughs> ever <laughs> created. And, like, you'll name the important ones not thinking that they're going to ask every single person's name that they meet. <laughs> so now, uh, every time she asks me to name somebody, I make them an actual character in the story and give them, like, some backstory and then make them show back up again so that they have to deal with this person that they made me name at some point <laughs> in the game. And it's great. Yeah. There's, yeah a smarmy, should... there's a smarmy ranger that keeps following them around and running into them. And they, he keeps hitting on the girls and they keep uh, having to deal with him because they made me name him. <laughs> wow try writing a book oh yeah that's what yeah. i'm saying it's got to be like it's it's naming people is just you're just like ah. i'm yeah. sure every once in a while you know who you want to name but then you realize that you learn people's names when people are just walking around so like you can't just not name like and then there was 10 people <laughs> like, yeah yeah and they all have a names <laughs> <laughs> you know what i mean i actually read an article about how um how writers always tend to gravitate for no reason whatsoever, probably because it's the first letter, who knows? Um, like A names, names that begin with A, are, are far more common than other names. Do you think when they're writing, they go, uh, and then yeah. the, probably. the name comes out? <laughs> yeah, smar- A's and E's. The smarmy ranger is named Argus, to prove your point. Yeah. There you go, Argus. Oh, breaking news, breaking news. I just <laughs> found <laughs> a Pop-Tart from PAX. <laughs> On my desk, and I'm really fucking excited. Oh, gross. Awesome. <laughs> um, All right, Scott. So, okay, so uh, Polygon is reporting that IGN is reporting via <laughs> InsiderGamer.nl via NeoGAF forums that oh, um, there is a new, um, there's going to be a spiritual successor to Eternal Darkness, which was the... Uh, the it's sort of like a cult classic, but it was on the GameCube. Did you guys ever play the old like, Eternal Darkness? I remember you playing it because we lived together at the time. But yeah, the thing that was awesome about this game is that um, it mostly took place in a mansion, and like you were uncovering this evil, and you would sort of like go back in time and like um, like sort of possess like your ancestors and like live their stories and like all the timelines were connected. Um, but like the real sort of like awesome feature of this game, aside from the great story, was that the game was probably one of the first games that messed with like the fourth wall. So Mm -hmm. like as you started taking damage and encountering enemies in the game, you would lose sanity. So as you started to lose sanity, things would happen in the game that would affect you as the player. So like your character will be like running around in the mansion and then your character will like instantly die. And then you'll be like, what the fuck? And then all of a sudden your character is standing again and you're like running through the mansion again. What? Or, Or like the, like, 
there will be like a fake like volume control on your screen, like a display yeah. where it's like the volume is changing on your TV, and you're like, "What's going on?" Oh, that's cool. Yeah, so it's just it all pretty kinds awesome of, to watch. Yeah, it's it's a scary like it was a fucking scary game for the time, and it's it's awesome. But apparently, like the internet internet sleuthing has uncovered that um, that uh, somebody that worked on the game created a new game company, and they're planning uh, an episodic release of twelve chapters, which is seems like way too many, but um 12 chapter um sort of like spiritual they're successor. short like five bucks a piece that'd be that's yeah i don't know i guess they're saying like i don't i don't know where this crowdfunding is like the website that somebody found the web cache of has since been taken down but yeah um, hmm. i mean just just for the fact that there will be something related to the original game is enough for me to be excited about but um i guess that's going to happen, and it's going to be awesome. Actually, it's what it says down here. Supporters, when it, when it was available, supporters could pledge $5 to get Episode 1 or 50 to get all 12. Yeah, and they're planning to release the game on PC and Wii U. Isn't that weird? Yeah. But, well, maybe mm-hmm. they're trying to keep that Nintendo. Yeah. I mean, yeah. if they use the Wii U and do, like, fourth wall stuff with the gamepad, like, if they actually implemented cool. that, that would be incredible. Yeah. Um, so that's that. Let's, uh, speaking of crowdfunding... Matt. Yeah, well, there's two projects that that we have talked about since PAX that are both were PAX discoveries um, that have reached their funding. So huzzah to both the Stinky Footboard! <laughs> it's happening, guys. <laughs> Stinky it's Footboard! Happening. Stinky Footboard reached its funding goal of I think it was uh, 75 and it hit 79 thousand, and uh, they actually had really reasonable uh, goals. Like there was like four ways you could actually just buy the Stinky Board essentially, and and really all they were doing crowdfunding for was uh production material so they had already built all the things to make it and they had all the pieces and the dies and all the stuff they needed to do to make the board you basically were paying for materials for them to create the board and then and then send it out to you so which i think is is much more reasonable than hey there's this idea we have and maybe we'll figure out how to make it and maybe we'll do you know like they basically Mm -hmm. were like we're ready to go we just want to know if you want it you Mm -hmm. know um, so that's, that's pretty awesome. awesome. Stinky Footboard will be coming out. I'm sure they're gonna try to push to stores at some point too. Uh, but if you pre-ordered it, or you know, I guess that's the wrong word, but if you funded it on Kickstarter, then then you'll be getting a copy. And the other one that we Scott wrote an article about and we talked about on uh, our PAX podcast is the game High Heavens, which was the uh, one-on-one board game. What's that? Oh, I said tabletop. Tabletop. Yeah. Tabletop game. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so the one-on-one tabletop game that Scott and I played and talked about uh, reached its funding goal and surpassed it a little bit and reached its uh, first couple of stretch goals. So yeah, the quality is going to... As of this time... Uh, sorry to cut you off, but as of the recording yeah. of this podcast, they still have over a day left. So, yeah. And their final stretch goal is um, uh, they replace, they're going to replace the chipboard um, entities in the game with like plastic figurines. So that would be fucking awesome be, if, they, oh, yeah. if yeah. they hit that goal. And I think they said that the Egyptians are going to happen, right? He's going to do the third, the third set of of gods. Yeah. So far, they announced. So there's in the box you would get um, Norse and Greek gods and and monsters or whatever, and then they're going to have there's going to be an Egyptian like deity expansion set, which is going to be great. And then when we talked to him, we we talked about possibilities for others, such as like Christian. Wait. Uh, we are having technical difficulties. Please stand by. Anyway. <laughs> uh, I'll have to do something there, but... Um, yeah, Oops. so it's it's really awesome, and uh, the reason why, like... I mean, we're kind of... I'm kind of stoked on this personally, because the... The guy that's doing the project is his name is Ryan Lesser and he was the uh, he is the art director over at Harmonix, yeah. and so like obviously all of the art on the cards and the figures and even the plastic figures that are being designed are like are pretty rad. So and uh, yeah, every, it looks it, great. The design is amazing. The gameplay was great, and and honestly, he was just a really nice dude. He sat there and talked to us and like played the game or taught us how to play while we were playing, and so it's awesome to see this project get funded. I'm, I feel I'm like happy. if you like Hero Academy or Magic: The Gathering or some combination of the two, this is exactly, like, something yes. that you'll need to check out. Agreed. Yes. All right. That's cool. it for the news, folks. Sweet. We did it. We did Yay. it! Yay! You, you wanted to see how the sausage is made? We had an assignment to each find a news story within five minutes <laughs> because we had nothing. nothing. Slow news week. 
Yeah. Good times. I was on at like 10 before the podcast looking. I was like, oh, I'll find some stuff. Yeah. And I'm like, there is goddamn nothing. Oh, <laughs> man. So we'll be back. So sweet. With the reviews. Yeah. Okay, guys, we are back with our reviews. We're going to be talking about Dragon Age World of Thetis. Uh, Hillary's going to be talking about the Elite. Matt is going to be talking about Star Command, and I will talk briefly about Far Cry 3 Blood Dragon, which is amazing. I'm not talking but, about um, anything. Yes. Yeah, Scott's <laughs> been too busy being intelligent and building robots that kill people and stuff. Um, no, no, no. Having relationships with robots. Yeah, relationships. That's right. people. Yeah. Um, so, very quickly, the Dragon Age World of Thetis came out, and um, it is. Uh, it came out very quickly? Well, I'm going to talk about it very quickly. Oh, okay. Uh, it didn't come out very quickly. It actually took a while <laughs> for it to come out. It actually took a while for, for it to get to me, too, which I, I'm shaking my fist at Amazon angrily. But anyway, um, <laughs> it, it's actually incredible because it reads like a lot like a history book um, mm. in that it tells the history of the Dragon Age universe. Um, <laughs> there's a, a really incredibly detailed timeline that runs along the bottom of the book. It goes into detail about all the races um, – uh, all of the different species that exist uh, throughout Thetis and also um, how those different species and, and races all interact with one another. It goes into detail about the prominent families that exist in the world. But the way that it's written, it, it, it's written like a history book, which is incredible. So you can kind of put it on the coffee table, pick it up, you know, read about you know, Andraste and the different religions and the Kuhn. And actually it, it helps just, it, it's in such an incredibly rich and detailed world. It can get very, very confusing, especially if you're, um, if you've only played the games maybe one time, there's a lot of verbiage that they use that, um, they don't ever really explain unless you pick up a lot of the in-game items or, or look at the codex or, or what have you. So this is awesome. If you are interested in knowing a lot more about the world, um, and there's some, you know, some hints as to what may happen in um, Dragon Age Three too. So, sounds like there's cool. going to be some uh, liberal arts college somewhere that's going to start a uh, history of Dragon Age course with this book as the text. No, it's it's pretty incredible, and I gotta say the art inside is absolutely gorgeous. I'm, I'm just like flipping through it now, but they spent um, a lot of time throwing this together. And um, I'm probably going to butcher his name, but we met Ben Jelinus, I believe. Is, yeah, is he's, a, he's awesome. Jelinus, yeah. Um, and Ben is actually the, the guy who compiled all this information and actually wrote a good deal of the book. And uh, he was actually a crime reporter before he worked at Bioware and before he yes. was an editor at Bioware. And now he works alongside Karen Weeks doing editing and stuff. But prior to that, he actually wrote about you know murders and, and violent crime. And so he had a real um, great mind for organizing and 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 putting putting information in uh, in a way that people can understand it. And it really really shows with this book because, like I said, there's a lot of information, but it it it's all organized in a very uh, easy to understand format. So it's really cool. Um, you know, I can't wait to just sit down with it for like five hours and dig in before I play Dragon Age Three to kind of get myself prepped so I know everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, definitely. If you're a first time Dragon Age player, I say read parts of it because it does kind of tell you how the games end. <laughs> There's spoilers <laughs> because it, it, this goes from, you know, all the way in ancient Dragon Age history, all the way through the end of DA2 and then beyond into, um, some of the books too. So there's a lot of spoilery stuff in here if you haven't played the games. How's the actual print quality and like Quality oh, it's book. gorgeous. The yeah. The pages are all incredibly thick. It's like borderline cardstock. It's incredible. Um, cool. it's, it looks like it's printed uh, pretty much on like photo paper. Really, really high quality. Um, you know, it's about, geez, I would say a couple hundred, a couple hundred pages long. It has a nice uh, glossary at the end with all the terminology that you may not understand. So you're playing through the game and you're like, what the fuck's an apostate? You can go look up apostate real quick and yeah, and, get that know. checked once you turn 40. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> get your apostate check. Um, oh, that was good. That was good, Dragon Age. That was really good. Thanks. Just wanted no, to but I definitely... Later. Yeah, go ahead. If you didn't already, um, if you want to know more about how this book came together, um, I would like to remind people that you can uh, listen to our um, Bioware-based panel coverage from PAX East um, just by go going to over to... Go to BioWareBase.NerdAppropriate.com. Yes. 
And there's a link on the on nerdappropriate.com to mm-hmm. that to that page yeah. as well. And listen to the Dragon Age panels because that's where they uh, get into some of the details about how that book was put together. Yes, and those are really awesome. So you should check them out. And mm-hmm. I'm not biased at all. I promise. So that was BioWareBase.NerdAppropriate.com. Correct. Indeed. Hooray. What was that URL? <laughs> BioWareBase.NerdAppropriate.com. Nicely done. <laughs> uh, so you, can guys, you guys can pick this up from Dark Horse. You can get it on Amazon. It's uh, about $39 and you know, probably, it'll okay. probably go on sale eventually. I think they but sold out awesome. of the first pressing. They're, they have to do a reprint. Maybe that's oh, why wow. it took forever yeah. to get to me. So kudos to them. Yeah. It's a great book. And um, what else is next? So, Hillary, tell us about yes. the elite. So, um, if you're looking for some book candy, this is like really light reading. It's just really fun to read, maybe while you're at the beach or something this summer. Um, there's a series called The Selection by an author named Kira Cass. So, she writes a lot of YA romance type titles. Um, but this book is actually kind of interesting. It's a little bit of a spin between The Hunger Games and The Bachelor on TV. <laughs> so um, this book is the second in the series, and it, it's pretty good. So basically all of these girls from different casts um, in this world, it's like post, uh, kind of a post-war. Basically, um, it's the, they live in the United States of China, and um, different different groups of people have numbers. So like there, I think it's between one and eight. So eight is the lowest class and one is like a monarchy. So different levels. Hey Hillary, yeah. What number am I thinking of? You get one guess. Five. <laughs> Scott. Uh, 96. Oh, <laughs> wait, there's no cast. 96. Matt. 96. You know? Yeah, it's 70. Oh, <laughs> oh no. Right, you were going to say 69, right? <laughs> <laughs> Jerk. <laughs> uh. Way to derail my review. <laughs> Any, anyway, so so there's a prince, and he needs a wife. And um, all of these girls are chosen throughout the different casts to go and live at the palace and, like, you know, do what the bachelor does, go out on dates with the prince. Anyway, long story short, it's a, it's a decent book. There's a love triangle. If you're a fan of that kind of genre, which I apparently am, um, go pick it up. It's really, you'll probably breeze through it in a couple of hours. Um, maybe if you're me, it's about 350 pages. So it's, it's good, good stuff. Pick it up. Hillary, normal people don't read at the speed in which you read. Fine, fine. I, I read about a hundred pages a minute. We mean an hour. Wow, you're Johnny Five from Short Circuit. Yeah, exactly. This had an image of you just holding the book up, with the pages yeah. buzzing by. Yeah, I read pretty fast, but it's it's pretty good. Awesome. Well, I'm glad you like it. Yeah. So if you're looking for some light reading, the Selection series. I think it starts with the Selection, and then now the Elite just came out. So pick it up, Kira Cass, good author. Awesome. Sweet. So, Matt, nice. tell us about Star Command, yeah, which apparently is about to eat my soul. Well, dudes and dudette, uh, Star Command is a game. It's been out for a little while on iOS. Uh, I don't know exactly how long, but it's been out for, for a decent amount of time. Um, and I've always seen it, and I'm always like, mm, I should check it out, I should check it out, and I never did. And then finally, for whatever reason, the other day, I was like, I'm going to pick up Star Command. I think they featured it. It's like two ninety nine in the store, the app store. And uh, so I picked it up for my iPad, and holy crap, it's like I don't play anything else on the iPad now. And I play a lot of games on my iPad, but I've been playing Star Command constantly. Um, it is probably the best non-licensed Star Trek game that's ever been put out uh, for for anything. Uh, you, Based on the last you, game, maybe it's the best unlicensed Star Trek or licensed Star Trek game that's come out. Yeah, I mean, seriously. Uh, it, it's basically like if you took FTL and focused more on the crew and a little less just on the ship. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, then that is kind of... It's like FTL plus a little bit. Oh, man. And, um, so you kind of you manage a bunch of different rooms inside of your ship. And like each one of those rooms... like depending on what room it is, might need to have uh, ammo icons that you build. And, or ammo, what are they called? Not icons. Uh, 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 I don't remember. doesn't matter. They're little, they're little 
they're little icons that you charge up and you get and then you use to like fire a gun or to like dodge or to recharge your shield, things like that. Um, and then each one of your members, each one of your crew members uh, becomes kind of specialized at whatever kind of room you put them in. And then we'll get like bonus abilities because of that room. So like, okay. if you have kind of sounds people, a bit like FTL, yeah, yeah, it's like F- It really is a lot like FTL, but not. It does not re- play like FTL at all, and it's a little less punishing and a little more story driven. Oh, cool, oh, cool. Um, so the story is not like it's not like crazy in depth story, but you you reach this kind of point in the, towards the beginning where. Uh, everything kind of turns on its head for you and then all of a sudden you're on the run as opposed to like going out and doing missions and it's pretty early on and that's when the game kind of picks up from there uh, uh but yeah so you you manage your ship you'll you'll get like you can get like gun rooms and then if you put a person in a gun room they'll train for that and then they can fight when people board your ship so they're like they become your kind of your your warrior kind of people and then you have your star commander is you and he can do everything and then you'll put people in engineering rooms and they can repair ships and then you can put people in the blue rooms which will do shields and healing and then they can heal people while they're fighting. Uh, and it just becomes like a lot of management. But it felt less like... Because in FTL, it always felt like the crew was important only in the sense that they powered your ship. And this one, mm. I feel like I do a lot more management of the crew. And there's upgrades for the guns, and there's upgrades for the rooms, and like you kind of build your ship up to become kind of this cool ship, and and then you unlock other ships as you play. And so it, it's not unlike FTL, but it's FTL on the go on my iPad, and it's got an awesome art style, and it's really fun, and Sounds I enjoy sweet. it. Yeah, it's it's only three bucks. I mean, hey, it's really hard to argue with the price. Are there any awesome. microtransactions in the game? No. All right. None that I've hit, at least I haven't seen anything that I can buy. So and we're gonna have to check this out. Sounds awesome. Three bucks, uh, but it, it's it's really 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 fun. You can pick it up and play it for like twenty minutes and then put it down. Uh, like I said, less punishing. You you don't you don't so like in FTL you you would typically like I at least would typically play through an entire game like from start to die essentially, and in this game it's not. You play through like a battle or two. And is if it you die, roguelike you or is there die. an actual story? Like, is there like a narrative? It's, it's so not, there's a narrative. There's a, no, no, no. It's not. It's not random. It, there's a oh. narrative. You go to like it becomes random. You start like going to different planets and stuff. But there is a narrative that you're following inside of that. Cool. Um, between you and the and the star command and like, like you know, I don't want to give. I mean, not that it's like a big story, but I don't want to give anything away. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, essentially it's like you 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 start out and you're you're kind of just getting sent on missions, and then stuff gets turned around, and then you're on the run, and like it's still you still get story pieces all the way through, and you're kind of going after a big bad who's more of a thing than it is in FTL, which kind of seems more like a setup for the yeah. playing. You know what I mean? Absolutely. That sounds so, great. Um, it's it's super super fun. It's been out for a little while. I think it's on, featured right now in the iOS store. I know it is for the iPad. Um, it's two ninety nine. I know they just did an update for Retina screens and all that, so it should look gorgeous on any anything you play it on. Uh, but highly recommended. Star Command. I'm loving the crap out of it right now. Oh Great. man, I'm gonna download it as soon as we are done. Ash, you played uh, an acid trip. Okay, so <laughs> this I'm so happy about this game. So first of all, the first thing I need to say is uh, Far Cry 3 Blood Dragon or Far Cry Blood Dragon. You actually don't need Far Cry at all to, to download it and to play it. It's a complete, completely standalone product. So you can go huh. to Steam right now. Um, you can go to the, um, you know, the uh, Xbox or PlayStation and download Blood Dragon without having Far Cry 3. Um, it is a 1980s... <laughs> Cold War inspired shooting <laughs> experience, um, but it has every single horrible science fiction and action trope from the 80s all kind of thrown into one game. Uh, but it's using the Far Cry 3 mechanics. So, wow. I mean, the basic setup is, is pretty cool. The world's been absolutely decimated by uh, nuclear war, and you play as a, a member of a, a team of cyborgs who are kind of going into, uh, you know, on these secret mis- missions. And you play as Michael Bean, who is uh, as Sergeant Rex Power Cult is his name. <laughs> right. Rex Power Cult and Rex Power Cult's a cyborg. And so they do a great job of, um, you know, integrating a lot of the mechanics of Far Cry 3, but with a science fiction twist. So, for instance, like when you 
uh, repair damage to your arms and stuff like that. You actually see your cyborg arm up on the screen and you actually, you know, take out a welder and fix your arm and things like that. Um, it is an absolute blast. I can't like get over how much fun it is. They, 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 they take inspiration from like films like Predator and, uh, uh, RoboCop and definitely Terminator. Like Matt was talking about, you know, the best non-licensed Star Trek game ever. This is definitely the best non-licensed Terminator game ever. Wow. <laughs> like the music, which is done by this uh, Australian band called Power Glove, who I'm fucking oh, yeah. in love Power with. Oh yeah, Power Glove's amazing. They're so good. They did the entire soundtrack for this, and it's totally like if you took '80s synth and metal and mixed it together. Yeah. It is a brilliant soundtrack. It's so well done. And you can kind of, if you if you kind of squint your eyes a little bit, it feels like you're playing the opening sequence to uh, Terminator 2 where they're in the future and everything's all blown up. Nice. Um, the voice acting's hilarious. Like, it's totally self-aware. It knows it's ridiculous. Um, like, you can do things like, uh, in, in the main game, Far Cry, you can throw pebbles to distract enemies and you have, like, an unlimited supply of pebbles. But in this, you can throw 20-sided die. So you reach in your pocket and pull out a 20-sided die and throw it. But if it lands on a 20, you can do like a super crit. (laughs) So you're always rolling 20s to like see if you can. uh, It's just so much fun. Um, In terms of gameplay, it's uh, I haven't gotten too too far into it because I just started playing this morning. But uh, it's supposed to have, you know, uh, between I think five and ten hours of gameplay from what I've been hearing, which is pretty awesome. And the... uh, the the there's all new items all new enemies all new animations uh it is so worth fifteen dollars and i'm so glad that this is what they did instead of just pushing out more weird dlc you know rather than putting out maps and maybe some gun dlc they just had fun with the engine that they built and the system that they built and just kind of turned it on its head it, it just feels like a crazy like back in the old days when people used to build like half-life mods and things like that it kind of feels like that, but it's incredibly polished and just so much fun. I so a, I do have an honest question. So yeah. as a lay person, tell me how this game is not Saints Row 4. Because like when I look at the marketing, that's the first thing I think of. Is that like a ridiculous, like over the top, you know, like cyber craziness, you know? Oh, um, well, I mean, I guess the, the big difference is um, in terms of atmosphere, like they did a pretty good job of creating a world for this game. Mm-hmm. That's uh, that is unique and, and different from the, the world of saints. But um, in terms of like the idiocy and like the, the comedy, um, they probably are similar in a lot of ways. Obviously this is a, an FPS game and saints row is a third person, you know, yeah, open yeah, yeah. World sandbox type thing. But um, really the best part about far, far cry three wasn't the narrative. It was definitely the open world exploration, the ability to, you know, hunt enemies and craft items and all that fun stuff. Um, and all that exists in this as well, except for in the future with, you know, new future tech and, and an awesome soundtrack. So Sounds it's definitely great. more, more fun. It's like a junk food version of Far Cry 3, which is fine by me. Yeah, for sure. So 15 bucks, totally worth it. You know, awesome. I say everyone should grab it. Do it. Fantastic. Yeah. All right. You know what else we should do? What's the Naquato. <laughs> nice. <laughs> hmm. Is Hillary still there? Does Hillary want to take us into the break? Since it's uh, a question. Sure. So the nerd appropriate question of the week Naquato. is <clears throat> No. <laughs> do you typically play as a rogue, mage, or warrior? And why? So that there you go. <laughs> <laughs> you almost did, didn't you? You almost did. It. <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> I know you almost. I did, did not read that word that Ash put in the show notes. <laughs> you almost did. You got real close. You did. You were going to do it. <laughs> you are sort Shush. of the Ron Burgundy of the podcast. Stay classy, San Diego. <laughs> This is Jennifer Hale, and you're listening to the Rated NA Podcast at nerdappropriate.com. Uh, welcome back. <laughs> this question this week is is my question. Hooray! I never get to do the question. Yay! Cool. Yay. 
So, um, like I said before, is it, do you typically play? Wow, I'm having problems now. Okay, do you typically play when you play an RPG or actually any game? Do you like playing as a rogue, a mage, or a warrior? And <laughs> <Okay>. why? <laughs> Congratulations for getting through that. Thank you so much. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> yeah, we're, Ash is screwing with her in the show notes right now, Sorry. which is why we're all laughing. Sorry. It's okay. true. So, Lissabits cool. says, mages, the best class for killing things with fire. True. Hmm. Jennifer, Jennifer R. I'm stealing it from you. Jenny the Pirate says, I usually play as a mage. It's fun to set things on fire from a distance. Wow. Catching something. Hmm. Some kind of pyromania. Are you catching yeah. fire? What was that a hungry so reference? Says I usually play rogue. I like to get in, deal damage, and get out. I've dated both mages and warriors though. <laughs> like in real like real mages and warriors? Maybe it's LARPing. Maybe we're talking about LARPing. Yeah, yeah I can see that. Okay, Lisa Chan. <laughs> I'm just kidding. El Chaco, 25-1. Okay, I'm going to make sure. Anytime I see numbers at the end of the Twitter handle, I'm so nervous that it's the seconds because I've, I've like, totally done that like you before. Think it's the, the one time. Is, yeah. One is the time. Yeah, exactly. So Lisa Chan says, Rogue, stealthy, stabby, lockpicking. Lock which makes my DAT, oh wow, DA2 team terrible since I bring Isabella and Varric everywhere. I did that how too. Can, how can you not bring them yeah. everywhere? Come on. I know, the banter is incredible. So good. Um, right. Go Amanda ahead. at Fluid Fire says, a rogue so I can steal all the things and break into all the chests. I'm, I'm a hoarder. Moldy scarves and frayed bits of rope for the win. <laughs> 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 I like it. Do any of you guys have an answer to this question? Yeah, I do. Yeah. All right, yeah. uh, Matt, let's hear it. You were first. I have two answers. There's I only have, two classes. You only have one. No, no, no. Okay, go yeah, ahead. How about you guys just jump all over it, all right? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> like podcasting with four-year-olds. I, so I have two. Okay. I, have, uh, I have my tabletop one and my video game one. Uh, my video game one is Rogue all the time, mm-hmm. always. Okay, I think just because I like stealthing around, it has nothing. I just like sitting in a dark corner for like an hour in a video game. That somehow I gain joy from that. I have no idea why. And then uh, my tabletop one, I always play like this weird hybrid. If it's available, I always play a weird hybrid like warrior rogue class because I I like to like run into battle and do things. Like there's a class in D and D called Avenger, and it's my absolute favorite class in in D and D. And you're like a striker, which means you're kind of a rogue, but you're also kind of buff. You can run in and, and do stuff and not get destroyed immediately. Mm. So those mm. are mine. Nicely done. Very nice. Uh, Eric Halston at Eric Halston says, uh, Wait, what? that's a reply. That's wrong. Sure, Patrick's. Not, that's a reply, yeah. Patrick, I'm going to read these in, in sequence. Patrick Weeks at Patrick Weeks says, Bard, <laughs> it's rogue plus mage plus lying dead in the middle of the dungeon because you can't tank. <laughs> <laughs> it's so and true. Eric, Eric Halston replies and says, uh, I think you mean strategic battle napping there, and it's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> strategic battle napping. We've had bards in our D&T campaigns before. Well, we have. Yeah, my wife loves to play a bard. And They're always sing. terrible. And you make her <laughs> sing at everything, everything right? she does, too. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Anorex Oasis says, a mage, like uh, pulling a coin from the ear and throwing it at them and crap like that. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be amazing. I would give you so many bonus points as a DM if you were like, I'm going to pull a coin out of my ear and throw it at the guy. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, oh, yeah, God. you are. That's Can awesome. my D&D character be a mage but an actual magician? Like that a sleight of hand mage? Fantastic. Okay, I think we just solved this problem. This will be great. Illusionist. You said to be an illusionist. <laughs> yeah. All right. Dr. Snaggle, who has the best avatar <laughs> picture ever. It's the Puss in Boots one where he looks all sad and cute. Yeah. Um, at Snaggle Sprout says a mage because I love magic and spells and fighting a battle from a distance while my party attacks the enemy head on. Good job. Good one. Nice. Ash's uh, wife used to play a mage that would just sit like 20 feet back in the battle and just decimate everything that was around us all the time. And it was amazing. Yeah, she was good. She was good at that character. Uh, Jacques Major at Cat Jack 1997 says raiding warrior so I can control the fight as a tank questing uh, mage slash archer so I can kill from a distance and stealth kill. Yeah. So it depends on the circumstance, I guess, is what what Jacques is saying. 
I think I'm going to jump in here because I agree. So my answer is typically rogue, but in Dragon's Dogma, they have something called, um, it's like a hybrid class where it's called a magic archer. And I swear I'm, I'm kicking some major ass with that class. Awesome. So I would say, yeah, mage archer is really cool. Can you like enchant your arrows and stuff? And yeah, no, you don't yeah. actually use awesome. arrow. They're like magic oh, really? bolts. It's yeah, basically it's like the awesome. character from the old D&D cartoon with that bow that yeah. shoots like the beams. Yeah, yeah. That's what they're, they're like. It's really cool. That's awesome. And you get like dagger skills that are magic. So you like jump around and like have big fireballs come out of your, your daggers. It's pretty amazing. It is fun. I concur. Mm-hmm. And Bren's and Bren says an arrow fires from the shadows on it is written rogue. Love it. Ooh. We got really creative with these. I was really happy with the answers this week. Awesome. Um, Senchia at, uh, at, Aknos says, a roguish warrior, I like a combination of skills. I guess that kind of segues into mine. I always, if possible, play a hybrid class, um, tabletop and you know, and video games. Um, I love mixing it up and, and having a little bit of everything. So like right now in Matt's D&D campla- campaign, I play a Hexblade, which is like a, a warlock that uses swords, which is super fun. Um, and then in normally with RPGs, I, I love to do, um, roguish kind of characters that, that can, uh, you know, have like, uh, magic skills as well. So I, I don't know. I love mixing it up and I'm always some sort of weird hybrid. Uh, if I had to pick one of the core ones, I'd probably go with, um, with a warrior just because, yeah, just because I, well, a long time ago I used to always pick mage. Um, and then no offense to our good friends at Bioware, but Mage in the first Dragon Age was not fun. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it I was, played as. I played as a mage. Oh, it was not. I was a rogue. It, compared to the other classes, it was just like it was. It, I may have been doing it wrong, but I feel like it it's was difficult in a video game because the onus is usually on the player to like get through most of the game and not on the companions. You know what I mean? Yes, so exactly. So when you pick a class, it's what? No, I was just gonna say the first Dragon Age. Like you kind of. You kind of went with whoever you were playing, right? So if you, I, I mean, I'm sure. Did you guys play all of the different options? Like, if you were the noble person's son or daughter, you kind of wanted to be a warrior. If you're an elf, city elf, you wanted to be a rogue. Well, I mean, I'm going to be perfectly honest. I ended up playing that game as, all the way through with all the classes, but yeah, so did I. Yeah. Um, but when I played my first playthrough, was a mage, and I tried to do the hybrid thing because there was like a, a magic warrior option that you could take one of the trees. Do you guys remember that? You'd like glow like a crazy like. Christmas tree looking thing. Mm, mm-hmm. um, yeah. And that didn't work very well. <laughs> so I stopped being mages uh, after that. And then I kind of went with warriors because I, I always find myself in video games having armor envy because in oh. the old days with video games, like the warriors got the, the best looking armor and everyone else was stuck in like a muumuu. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. Yeah. So like, I don't want to run around in a muumuu for you 70 get hours. Chaps. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So like the warriors would have this beautiful plate mail and, and you'd be like, oh, man, like, I just want to look at that for 70 hours. And then, you know, the fucking mage was wearing like this horrible smock. So um, <laughs> that's kind of why I went warrior for a while. But I kind of I, I mix it up a bit. But moving on. Um, Darth Shepard Picard. Well, there's a lot going on there. Um, <laughs> mage, because fire. That's a piece of art dedicated to it, by the way. There needs ah. to be a piece of art of Darth Shepard Picard. <laughs> yeah. Be like a guy armor. in a black cape who's bald but wearing <laughs> N7 armor. Yes. Oh my Something god. Like so good. Uh, mage because fire pretty. Yeah, it's a Buffy reference. <laughs> awesome. There's no the warriors getting like no love in this in this list. No. Yeah. Oh. So Karume Decor De- Deco. Hmm. At Foxy. Why do people change their names so much? <laughs> Anyway, it's awesome. A mage. Sneaking up behind people is not my thing, nor is punching them right in the face. And magic... Ites? Light. Light Lights. Okay, and magic light effects are cool. The cursor was like covering up the L. <laughs> and it's Matt's fault. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> yes, magic we, we light effects are cool. We thought that you were a fast no, reader. This... <laughs> Shush. And maybe not out loud. <laughs> oh, man. I need to go back to school. So Andrew Andrew Baker at a Baker N seven says Rogue always a good balance of strength, speed, agility, and of course lock picking. Then mage, then warrior. Poor warrior. Yeah, yeah. never nothing. Just yeah. nothing for him. 
And last but certainly not least, uh, Robert Freemering, Mr. Slick, says, I play rogue because they do it from behind. Nice. Uh, really, I like sneaking up and attacking. I dabble in mage because magic is cool. Um, actually, I don't think we got one warrior. Warrior. Right? No. Yeah. Which no. is crazy. None. No, we got a roguish warrior. Yeah. yeah. I kind of play warrior too, so because I have armor envy. Yeah. Yeah. So cool. That about wraps things up for episode. Wait, did did Scott you go? Did you? Yeah, go? I didn't think uh, Scott went. No, I didn't. Okay. Okay. Um, go. Then we'll get out of here. So I'm con- like I'm more of like a sci-fi guy, but um, so I think because I like to play as the hacker slash engineer in sci-fi games, I play as the rogue because I like having access to things just the same way that Amanda does. Like I feel yeah. like taking a rogue path lets you see more of the game. You know what I'm saying? Where it's mm-hmm. like you can unlock this and you can take this alternate path that you have to have lock picking for and you can, you know, access things that no other class would access. So I like to, I like to really explore the space, if you will. <laughs> um, but yeah. uh, I think I think I'm going to start dabbling in mage, like starting with our D and D campaign. Nice. I have some ideas. Great, awesome. Yeah, we definitely need some magic in that campaign. Cool. I've got. Why, I feel left boring? out. I feel left out, guys. Move to Florida, man. I did. Yeah, or we can find a way to Skype you in. Oh yeah, we can find a way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna oh. say, having been on, not to you can, we can try, <laughs> but having been on the wow. other end of a conference call where three other people are talking at the same exact time, it's not super fun. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say it'd be pretty hard to do, but it's worth a shot. But we could try. <laughs> Cool. All right, guys. Well, thanks so much for listening to episode 103 of the Rated NA podcast. As always, you can find us on Twitter at NerdAppropriate. You can email us individually, uh, Matt, Scott, Ash, or Hillary1L at NerdAppropriate.com. And you can find us on Facebook slash NerdAppropriate and everywhere else on the internet. Um, Go to our iTunes uh, and give us a rating. That would be awesome. We will give you virtual fist bumps and chest bumps and we are, we are working on getting the podcast to come up in more sync but yeah. right now there's a day or two delay every time and we apologize there, it's, it's just glitches technical glitch in the matrix um we got some a lot of cool stuff coming up which i'll tell these guys after we're done recording but we have some fun <laughs> but we won't tell you now we won't tell you now but we have some fun guests in the works that i think you guys are really going to like Sweet. um but we 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 don't uh say who they are until they're 100 percent confirmed so uh hang in there and there's some cool stuff coming your way and um we will see you will we be back next week or are we going to take uh we are off we're back next week and then off the week after that yes because everyone's mm-hmm. traveling yeah, Correct. we'll be back we in some all, time. Because people have to go and get married and shit. Ugh. Yes. We could podcast <laughs> right. from a wedding if you want. We could. <laughs> How about not? That'd be so good. All right. all right, guys. We will see you next week. See you next week. See you Bye, next everyone. Then it says Utini to the last drop, which doesn't make any sense. Yeah. <laughs> it says Utini to the last drop. Utini! Whoa. <laughs> I feel like you've practiced that before. I've never done that before. <laughs> well, it's pretty good. You could be a voice actress just for Utinis for the next trilogy. <laughs> right. They're going to bring you in. Yeah. Got this girl. She does great Utinis. You got to check her out. Utini! <laughs> And then, like, like 40 that. years from now, you'll be showing up at, like, a convention, and it's, yeah. like, featuring the the voice actress that played all of the Jawas in the in the newest trilogy, <laughs> in episodes 7, 8, and 9. And there will be a line of people. Yeah. All of the Jawas. <laughs>